Welcome one and all to episode 21 of the Amazing Rare Podcast. I'm your co-host Holt. And I'm Kofi. We actually have a jam-packed show today. We had a Pokemon Presents um, coming out, or that came out. Uh, me and Holt were finally able to get some brilliant stars uh, merchandise as well. We picked up a local LGS. We both have some purchases to talk about. Uh, we got a lot to go over this episode. It should be a really fun time. Yeah, definitely. With the new releases and the new news that came out this past week, uh, definitely got a lot to unpack here. So we'll uh, we'll start off with what's new with the host. So, um, Kofi, why don't you lead us off? What's going right, on in your life? So I've been uh, making some EX car purchases uh, recently, just picking up cars I see on sale, just kind of hunting eBay, seeing what I can grab, seeing what I can't grab. Um, and the only two things I've grabbed right now, I managed to grab a Waylord EX from EX Sandstorm. I got it at a super sweet deal um, in mint condition. Very great card. And I also grabbed a Latiasi X Delta species. So it's a fire type um, card, 95 out of 101. The Waylord is 100 out of 100. I uh, picked up both of those at discount. I actually got them for basically the exact same price, which is kind of funny. And they were two separate auctions. So I picked up both of those. The seller shipped them in a timely manner. Um, so that was really cool. And slowly but surely adding to the EX collection. I think we're over 21 now. So uh, picking up a couple cards a month whenever I can. Hopefully um, get a little bit more money in so I can buy more cards. I want to be able to be at a point where I could just buy two cards a month. But I don't know if my finances are ever going to be set up like that in the near future. So... Hopefully, I'll just stick to looking for deals and then grabbing stuff whenever I can. But uh, what about you? What have you picked up? Oh, also, we'll, we'll talk about the Brilliant Star stuff afterwards. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely touch on that <laughs> later. Um, yeah, so aside from the new set that came out the uh, the other week, um, just been getting a couple new sealed packs. I got, um, oh gosh, let's see. Over the past few weeks, I picked up a, an XY base set sealed booster pack. I got um, a Forbidden Light booster pack which are really nice for my collection. So I think going through everything, I am pretty much through 2020 working my way back. I have everything from 2021. I only need Champion's Path for 2020 for one of the sealed packs. And um, I just put a bid in for a sealed jungle booster pack, but you know how eBay works. I'm probably going to lose that bid at the last minute. Exactly. Um, So we'll see how that goes. But uh, that's really been my focus over the last few uh last few months uh trying to pick up you know a couple moderately priced booster packs a month or just like one nice vintage pack a month depending on what happens with my uh my ebay bids Mm -hmm. so you know work in progress there but it's fun to collect uh and then you know i've made some made some sales made some deals going through a couple of the uh the ultra rares that I have from modern sets and everything that's been helping me out a little bit, trying to fuel the fire for more Pokemon purchases. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but at the same time, just to, to help each other out, we kind of made like an accountability buddy wish list where um, Kofi has all of the EX cards that he's looking to hunt and all of the sealed packs that I'm looking to get all on one spreadsheet. So we're, um, we're just taking a gander at that every now and again, seeing where we can help each other out if we find a good deal somewhere. Exactly. It's a really cool system. I encourage everyone to do it. If you and all your friends um, collect, it's really easy to just pull up a Google sheet and um, set that up and you can have it color coded. You can even throw prices, formulas, all that stuff. You can do it as much as you want or as little as you want with it, but it's definitely cool to have set up. Yeah. And it makes it a lot easier than just going about it on your own too, because oh, it's, exactly. sometimes it's tough to find what you need. Yeah. And it's um, it's good to have a little network going <laughs> for, for stuff <laughs> like that. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. 
So uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for the both of us for uh, you know what's new in our lives. Um, yeah, things are just kind of status quo elsewhere. Mm-hmm. On to the uh, the TCG news. So Brilliant Stars came out the other week. Uh, the official release date was February 25th, which was about a week ad- a week ago to to date. Um, looks like everybody's pretty hyped about the set. There have been a lot of purchases so far. Um, and a lot of people on the social media have been posting all of their pulls and purchases, deals that you can find for all the sets at retail pricing yeah. and whatnot. Um, but the other weekend, Kofi and I went to a local game store, or LGS, and we bought some products. And uh, yeah, you want to comment about how well that went for us? <laughs> yeah, we each got a ETB, and then you also got a build and battle. Uh, my ETB was kind of a dud. I did get the um, Sylveon uh, Trainer Gallery card, very cool looking card. Um, one of the more, the second most expensive one behind the um, Umbreon, the second most non expensive non VMAX one behind the Umbreon V. And then obviously you have your VMAX cards are gonna be a little more expensive just because of the what their VMAX cards. Um, but yeah, the set is the set is fun to open, but overall, like I only really wanted the. Um, trainer gallery cards and i only really specifically wanted the ev trainer gallery cards and i popped on tcg player to only to see that all of them besides like the sylveon the embryon are like three dollars each so i just went and scooped up all of them besides the embryon i um, was able to get all those for less than like 20 bucks basically like shipped to my apartment i got the jolteon yesterday uh, i bet if i go check my mail i'll see uh one of the other ones i got some packages i still got to pick up that i haven't gotten but yeah um it's a fun set i wouldn't really recommend buying um, anything besides the booster box. I feel like with the booster box, you'll get plenty of openings. You'll get um, a handful of trainer gallery cards that'll make it fun. You'll get your VMAX, uh, VMAX pretty much guaranteed. And you might get a secret rare, whether it be like a full art or um, alternate art or a rainbow rare card or a gold card. So I think a booster box is probably the way to go with this set. But the smaller uh, product offerings, you're probably just going to be stuck with maybe one or two trainer gallery cards, if that. And then maybe if you're lucky, a true secret rare hit um, out of it. But what about you? What did you think of the set overall? Yeah, I mean, with all modern Pokemon sets, the pull rates are kind of abysmal just because that's how they're setting it up with these larger sets over the past year. Um, I I would definitely recommend booster boxes over anything else. Maybe if you get like the the repack blister packs, those might be worth your while, depending on the price you can get them for. Mm -hmm. Because I think they're supposed to retail around $12, which is $4 per pack along with a promo card that comes with it, it's probably worth around $1 to $2. Um, but yeah, just looking at the pull rates, over uh, about 10,000 packs reported from TCG Player, it's looking very similar to all of the sets that we saw in 2021. Yeah. So they allegedly say that the hit rate um, for an ultra rare or a card in the trainer gallery, which is the subset of this uh, Brilliant Star set, is about 44%. And I don't agree with that statistic at all because I think I opened a total of 12 packs and I got one trainer calorie card. Um, um, and then maybe yeah. two more ultra rares on top of that. So that's that's hitting at about 25%, uh, which re- is much reg- lower than re- the 44. Regular V cards are ultra rares, correct? Yeah, correct. That, all right, that's so including the ultra rares that I got. Let me see. So out of my ETB, I got three ultra rares out of, I can't remember if it was nine or 10 packs in there. Eight packs. Apex. And, yeah, okay, Apex. so I got I got three I got three ultra rares out of um um Apex. So yeah, that that almost tracks a little less than um fifty percent. Yeah, it tracks a little bit more than than my 
current yeah. experience. I mean, granted, I haven't pulled a lot of packs for Brilliant Stars, nor do I think I'm going to, just because it's a it's a money pit. Yeah, yeah. But of course. Um, for all of the high value cards in the set, uh, just about anything that's still going for seventy five dollars or over, there are maybe four or five cards in the set right now that are currently priced like that. Mm-hmm. And the um, the pull rates for those are anywhere between one and four hundred and fifteen to one and five hundred and sixty eight. Wow. So it's definitely not, not worth your while if you're just looking to get a quick flip on the big pull. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, a lot of people that are buying Pokemon now past the 25th anniversary hype aren't doing that, but scalpers are still out there. Uh, like I went on offer up the other day, people are trying to sell the Brilliant Stars Elite Trainer boxes for $80 a piece. Wow. You and I That's... picked them up at $39.99, which is the retail price. Exactly. So um, they, they think yeah, that there's a Charizard and they can overcharge for it, but they don't realize that the a lot of the Charizard only people are gone. So yeah, and at that, like compared to other sets when they first released, like the Secret Rare Charizard in, say, like Champions Path. Um, um, yeah, the Rainbow. And those Rick. other sets, those were those are going for around three hundred dollars for the first couple of weeks when the set was out. Mm-hmm. This uh, Secret Rare Charizard V Star is only going for about two hundred now, and the wow. set's only been out for a week. <clears throat> yeah. So it really goes to show that you know uh, the prices for these chase cards dropped rapidly over the first week of release, uh, which means we might be expecting a back that like kind of a return to normalcy mm-hmm. in the Pokemon trading card game market, which is pretty good for collectors. It's good for enthusiasts. Not so good for the scalpers. So sayonara. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of that Charizard VMAX, I've been kind of keeping my eye on um those cards because I kind of want to get the Rainbow Rare, the Shiny, and the regular Charizard VMAX and just have like a collection of all three. I think it'd be very that, cool to have all those in nice. good collection, good think, condition. I think that would be a, a dream for me as well, going from the Secret Rare Charizard GX all the way to the Secret Rare Charizard V Star. Yeah. Just in terms of the uh, top level of playability. That would be really cool to have, but uh, not looking to spend the money on it right now. <laughs> so, yeah, no, of course. Yeah, a boy can dream unless he's ripping them from packs. Mm-hmm. Let me but, see if I can get the prices on those uh, quick. Yeah, the regular one's going for $47. The shiny's going for $130. i am not really sure what the rainbow rare is going for. It didn't come up in a regular... Uh, if, you just search, if you just search Brilliant Stars on TCG Player and go from high to low, it'll show you all the all the top cards from the set. Mm, I was. Page. I'm talking about the one in Champions Path. Oh yeah, that might have just been a Charizard V. Uh, I thought, was, thought they had the shiny one. Um, oh no, 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 that that was a Charizard V Max. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Let me see if I can get that really quick. Uh, Champions Path, and then we'll just go sort by the top cards. Um, I can look into it later, and we'll check that out. See what that price is relative to the other two. Yeah, uh, I, I would only assume it's it's up there. Yeah, exactly. But maybe not as up there as it was a year ago. Yeah. Uh, but in other TCG news, the next English set to drop is going to be set sometime in May. The set is going to be called Astral Radiance, and mm. it will um, it will highlight the alternate forms of Dialga and Palkia that are in Pokemon Legends Arceus. The Palkia one looks not great even in the game it looks like it's just not a cool not, neither of them look that great to be honest <clears throat> the dialga one looks acceptable it looks a little better in the game the palkia one just looks straight up goofy yeah it just looks like he's got a giant thing stuck in his neck like he swallowed something a little too big for him to digest 
yeah, they went for the like exact same design aesthetic for both of them, and it just doesn't work with Palkia's proportions because Palkia is not like um, a quadruped; it's a biped. So putting it on all fours and moving a lot of its like design features to match all fours just kind of looks goofy. While Dialga's already on all fours, so it kind of translates easier. Yeah, I, I think the whole point that they were going for was that they were mimicking Arceus because Arceus is a quadruped. So, yeah, in um, in the games they're called their origin forms, and there's like a mechanic around it. Or not, not yeah. a mechanic, but an item to get him to look like that. Yeah. Catch him. Either way, kind of a swing and a miss on Pokemon's part. But, uh, yeah. you know, they do that all the time. And we'll get into that later, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but with Astral Radiance dropping in May, it looks like we've seen a couple of leaks already uh, drop from the French version. If I can just pop up that Poke Beach article. It looks like the pack art are going to be... Um, uh, let's see, which, which card is that? That's, uh, the Decidueye Hisuian form. Yep. The Typhlosion Hisuian form, along with Dialga and Palkia in their origin forms. Uh, looks like some of the cards are going to be coming with a oversized Eevee promo coin. Uh, the blister packs or the three pack blister packs are going to have another Eevee promo, which has been very common throughout all of the uh, the set releases. Just about every single one from the GX era to now has had an Eevee promo mm. in there. And there's also going to be a Sylveon promo. It looks like they've been focusing a lot more on the Eeveelutions for the past few sets uh, because there have been Umbreon promos, there have been um, Espeon promos over the last few sets that have been dropped. But it looks like uh, that's what we can expect for these packs to look when they drop in May. Mm-hmm. Although the full set list hasn't been released, we'll probably get that information sometime around late March, early April. Yeah. But it's uh, it's always nice to have a little bit of a preview, knowing what you're trying to get into. Exactly. Uh, which kind of leads perfectly into our next segment. So I have been playing uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus for pretty much since launch weekend. I have about 40 hours in the game. Um, I beat the main storyline. I'm currently doing the... Uh, grinding through the post-game stuff, which can be a little grindy, but it's actually kind of rewarding as, like, a Pokemon game. And, like, overall, I can say that I'm, like, pleasantly surprised by the game. Um, it's fun to play, and I'm not really, like, an RPG gamer-type guy. Holt knows, like, whenever I'm playing video games, like the competitive games, I like to go against other people online and test my skills and get better that way. So I'm not really a sit-and-explore-the-world kind of guy. But because it's a Pokemon game, because I care about Pokemon, I love Pokemon that much, I was able to get sucked into it. And I have a lot of fun uh, exploring around this world. I can see how real RPG game fans would not like it because there's a lot of stuff about it that's just kind of just like not designed well, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it's really the repetitiveness that takes a lot of RPG people out of it. Yeah, so, and the graphics are not great. Even though like the Switch is a Switch, not a powerful console, um, people have brought up other examples of games that run exclusively on the Switch that look better than Pokemon Legends. Um so, and even when you're like running around in the game, there are times you can see clipping and you'll be able to see like the polygons and the, the grid lines that make up the environment. So that's just not like good polish, but the game is getting incremental updates. We did get a DLC or a big update, a medium sized update that came with the Pokemon Day um, Direct, which is pretty cool. Um, and also the game is just like, there's some like design things that you could tell where they cut corners. So anyone that's kind of familiar with the game, um, you have like the main city Jubilife and then you kind of fast travel into different areas, but you can't fast travel from area to area. You always have to go back to Jubilife before you do anything. 
And I think that's a technical limitation where they can't like load in um, multiple areas at once because all the Pokemon spawn at once in a region. So when you go to an area, all the Pokemon there spawn in regardless. All the po- all the Pokemon are determined what's going to spawn and when it's going to spawn when you like hover when you get to that area. So they can't do that for everything. So every uh, section. So you have to go back to Jubilee before you go out, which I think is kind of annoying. I wish I could just like walk in between and the areas have like invisible walls. So you can hit the end of the area. You can't go any further, even though like it's right next to the other area. They're just artif- or artificially separated, which is kind of annoying. Um, as well as like people have figured out like shiny tricks, like shiny switching and stuff because of the way that the area like loads in. You know that the area is going to always load in. It's always as soon as you fast travel to the area, what's going to be there is determined. And say, let's say you have like a shiny in one area, and you know that like or there, there's a really common one to do with Eevee. So Eevee spawns in this one area in the very beginning, the Obsidian Fieldlands. And there's a lot of other Pokemon that spawn there, and Eevee is like one of the harder spawns to get. So if you know that, if say I think like Bidoof might spawn there. So let's say Bidoof spawns there and you get a shiny Bidoof in that area um, and you want a shiny Eevee, you can hard save and turn your game off and turn it back on and you can keep re-rolling until a shiny Eevee shows up because the game is already determined that a shiny will be there, but it doesn't It doesn't matter. Uh, it can be a different Pokemon every single time. So there's like little things like that that just kind of show like there was some corner cutting with the RNG and the deterministic, the determinant, um, the determiningness. I don't know, some in the determinability of the game and how it kind of renders and does the calculations for the timers, all that stuff. But overall, uh, great first effort by the Pokemon company for like a true RPG. And we'll get to a little bit later when we talk about like the Pokemon Day um, Direct. But you can see a lot of elements of that in the Gen 9 reveal as well with the video that they showed. Yeah, for sure. I I mean, it seems like with the initial rollout of Pokemon Legends Arceus, there's a bit more to be wanted from it. Yeah. If the player base keeps up and the community speaks up enough, it might turn into like a No Man's Sky situation where over time the game gets better. Mm, that's but what I'm we'll, hoping for. Yeah, we'll, we'll really see because Nintendo's always looking to move on to the next thing. See, that's the thing, though, because I was hoping they would do that and then they dropped this Gen 9 reveal that we're going to get into and they announced that it's coming out uh, Christmas of this year, basically. So it's like, all right, there's no time for RCS to breathe. Does that mean that as soon as Gen 9 comes out, the RCS updates are going to pretty much slow to a halt? Are we ever going to get like pvp battling in rc so am i ever going to be able to uh, link up my roommate and battle with our teams and stuff like that it can are we actually gonna have a pokemon an open world pokemon game that has no battling so it's kind of like it things all, like that yeah it all depends on the sales metrics and how long people play it for yeah but i also um, feel like they kind of have like they have a roadmap they're going to stick to the roadmap and when they get to the end of it they get to the end of it i don't know if they're going to continue um iterating on top of it once they hit all their plans yeah that's true um but yeah that that does segue into the next uh, section of our <clears throat> sorry of our discussion um so international pokemon day was on the 27th of february which was this past sunday for us um i had traveled down to connecticut to see my family and my brothers and, and my family we all had this big build and battle draft format with um evolving skies so granted, that's not one of the most recent sets, but we bought a couple of these build and battle boxes uh, a little while ago, wanting to do this all together for a while. Finally found a date that worked out for all of us. And, um, you know, we, we just had a really nice night um, regarding that. And so I ended up coming in second for this draft tournament. So we were just ripping oh, nice. packs open, 
and then doing like a like a rotating draft format similar to Friday Night Magic, where you would take one card from the pack and then you would pass to the left, and then the next pack you would pass to to the right. Um, I ended up coming in second for it only because a certain someone in my family happened to pull an Umbreon V and an Umbreon V Max that they could use in the same deck. Uh, since nobody else that was playing had those V and V Max cards in their decks, it <laughs> was uh, kind of easy for them to steamroll through us. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, that's how it is sometimes. Yeah, so congratulations, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> But still, it was a really fun time. Um, I really hadn't had that much of of time over the past year to um, have that kind of fun with my brothers in a while. So I really appreciated it. And I thought it was just a really fun way to get together. Um, also, because all of them were really around for like the beginning of the Pokemon trading card game. So um, it, it's just really nice to see that, you know, some people are in it all the way through after, yeah. you know, 25 years of the game being being in existence. Um, just a really fun time. But I wanted to mention that in the podcast just because that meant a lot to me. And um, it really was fitting for International Pokemon Day. We yeah. actually had no idea that that day was going to be International Pokemon Day when we set it on our calendars. And huh. uh, we were, you know, all waking up that morning to the Pokemon Presents that debuted, I think, at like nine o'clock. And so we were we were just like, oh, wow. OK, what a coincidence. It was meant to be. Yeah, right. Everything, everything has worked out perfectly. <laughs> yeah. But with that Pokemon Presents, uh, there were a, a lot of announcements made for uh, not just um, Pokemon Legends Arceus, but for Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Uh, Kofi, do you want to speak on that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So for Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, they added the Oaks letter feature, which I believe essentially lets you get Shaman. Um, they added that yep. in there. Um, I, I'm not sure if that's the only update. I'll have to double check that. But yeah, they added Oak's Letter, which is cool. I'm kind of surprised that something like that wasn't already in the game. Um, it's been a while since I played um, a remake, but I feel like they should kind of include everything that came with the initial generation into the... I feel like the remakes are supposed to be like the combination, but split into two. So like it should... These games should have everything that Platinum had We've talked about that before. But yeah, they get they get the Shaman letter, the Oak letter, where they get you Shaman, which is pretty awesome. And then for uh, the Pokemon Legend Arceus update, um, you get these things. There's obviously there's things in the Pokemon Legend Arceus called mass outbreaks, which are when you'll have a ton of Pokemon show up of the same type, and they'll just be you'll just fight waves and waves and waves of them, which is a pretty fun experience. Uh, lets you get a whole bunch of um, merit, not merit points, um, survey uh, survey core points in order to level up in that game. So you're just catching Pokemon, you catch rare ones. And because they spawn so quickly, you have an increased odds of getting a shiny. Like, I caught a shiny Hisuian Zoroark when I was doing one. A super cool-looking Pokemon. Uh, they're fun to do. And you can also uh, shiny hunt with those pretty easy by using that hard save function I was talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. But now they have massive mass outbreaks, which you'll go to a region, and the whole region will be peppered with all these different mass outbreaks. Mm -hmm. And you'll essentially be able to pick um, a handful of them. And you'll, you'll essentially be able to pick one. There's like a timer until they expire. You'll be able to pick one and battle it, and it'll just get waves and waves and waves. And eventually, you'll start getting alpha Pokemon. So you have a wave alpha Pokemon, which which will show up. And alpha Pokemon are their larger Pokemon than average. Um, I was talking to Holt and some of our other friends. I feel like alpha Pokemon are what the actual, what people imagine Pokemon sizes are actually supposed to be. Because we kind of forget that the trainer's a 10-year-old. 
So they used to show like the Pokemon next to a 10 year old. We used to think they were massive, but really a lot of them aren't that big. So alpha Pokemon are like one and a half times the size it feels like. Um, so you have those, you have four or five of those showing up. You get to catch those, obviously increase shiny odds because of the increased encounters. So, and there's a storyline that goes around with that. I haven't had a chance to play. I'm probably going to play it tonight after this outbreak or after this uh, podcast, but yeah, it's a really cool feature. I'm glad we're getting legend RC updates so fast. It's literally like less than two months, uh, before, after the game came out, we're getting an update, which is nice. They kind of tease battling. There's a new like battle feature in there, but it's not like PVP battling. So I'm hoping that we'll get real battling, especially since they went through all that work of kind of reworking the EV system and making it like visible to the trainer easily and making it a lot easier to increase the EVs of your Pokemon instead of it being like um, you have to do it through like breeding and having to breed 150 times over and over again. So now you can really increase the EVs of your favorite Pokemon and every Pokemon, every type of usually before you said want to get the right nature so you can have the right boost in stats and decrease in other stats so you have to breed to get the right nature but now you can just give them the can you can give them the grit dust and the grit rocks you can pretty much take any i can take 100 pikachu and i give them all the same amount of grit and they'll all have the same stats at whatever level they want so it's, it takes a lot of the rng out of it it makes it a little bit easier to build a strong team so hopefully we get some real battling in there and hopefully um the game kind of grows like that yeah Exactly, because the way that they're ramping that up, it makes it seem like the game is supposed to be easier to get mm -hmm. into those competitive battles and everything. Yeah. It just makes it a lot easier to build the team the way you want without mm -hmm. having to suck a lot of time into it, yeah. which is something that the Pokemon community has complained about for years on end mm -hmm. in, in terms of that aspect. But speaking moreover to the alpha Pokemon, I mean, you're right. Like, Granted, they're supposed to be larger uh, than all the Pokemon you can find in the natural environment, just because they're kind of like mini bosses. Yeah. Um, but it directly correlates to something known as megafauna in real life. Yeah, exactly. Where like they're supposed to be like the top percentile or the top half percentile of any creature in that species. Mm. Like I know a lot of um, a lot of hunters that are out there, like for deer, pheasant, whatever. Um, they always talk about that every now and again, where like they they bag a big buck. In like, if it's big, it's megafauna because it's just yeah. well above average of the normal deer that you would find mm -hmm. in in the natural environment. So it's kind of cool that they threw that in there. Uh, granted, that was not their intention in terms of what I just related it to, but that's instantly what comes to mind. Just because uh, my my family was, you know, big big hunters back in the day, uh, I've kind of distanced myself from that just because I've been living in a city area for the past like eight years now. <laughs> um, but still, I thought it was really cool to have that included because it's just like, oh yeah, you're you're going to find all these animals in the wild in this Pokemon Legends Arceus game. But when you encounter a big one, you're you're probably not gonna have a good time unless you're properly equipped. Exactly. But I don't know, they may have been they may have been thinking of the megafauna thing. I don't think hunting's a big deal in Japan. I'm not really sure how their culture handles um, hunting for sport or even hunting for food. But yeah, um, they could have been part of it. And like you said, they're little mini bosses. They respawn. They're very fun. And I also like how it's purely um, alpha Pokemon are purely aesthetic. They're not any stronger than um, any other Pokemon. So that they just, they just look huge when you throw them out in battle and they look cool in your party. That's pretty much it. So it kind of adds like, it adds a little something to the game without putting other people at disadvantage for not wanting to hunt them and not having the proper equipment to be able to catch them effectively. Cause you can't really, catch any alpha pokemon you want till you're like most of the way through the game a lot of the times you spend a lot of the early game avoiding them because they're kind of hard to catch and they'll like just steamroll your whole party 
<laughs> like it's nothing whenever you try and battle them or and they'll start attacking you in the overworld that can deal damage and cause you to black out and cause you to lose all your stuff so yeah, yeah so. and if if their attacks don't get you through you're either going to jump into water and uh drown in blackout or you're going to fall yep. off a cliff and blackout from the fall damage exactly uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you're really you're really running for your life in legends rcs a lot of the time yeah really really fun dealing with that in the early stages when you don't know what you're up against because yeah. um when I started playing Pokemon Legends Arceus, I did not read into all the mechanics before I started playing. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh, I can just swim away. Oh, nope, I drowned. Nope, yeah, you, you drowned this, really quick. <laughs> why does this 10-year-old not know how to swim? Because I took swimming lessons from, like, ages, like, 5 to 10. Yeah, he should be able to at least <laughs> tread water, or at least splash himself to the to the edge. These are, like, slow-moving, right? <clears throat> these are slow-moving rivers in this game, so he should be able to just splash his way across. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, that that was the biggest shock to me in the first couple of hours of playing. <laughs> uh, of playing, but um, you know, live and let learn. At yeah, least exactly. you're not losing everything. But um, you know, once you start getting a decent satchel and you black out, then you really know what you're missing out on. Then you gotta hope someone. <laughs> then, then you gotta hope someone random finds your satchel so you can so, you can, so they can return your stuff. I've never had anyone find mine, and I found a I found a bunch of myself, but no one's ever found found any of mine. So I don't know. Yeah, don't know my um, my brothers have been talking about that nonstop. It's just like, oh, I just blacked out over here. Can you go try to find my satchel? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, um, yeah. So just you know, Pokemon Legends Arceus is super fun, but uh, moving through the Pokemon presents, there was some um, you know new news announced for Pokemon Go. I don't remember exactly what they said for that because I'm not a Pokemon Go player. Sorry for anybody who's listening that still religiously oh, oh, plays um, that app. They're adding, um, they're adding Aloha Pokemon, I think. That's what it was? Oh, yes. They are adding the Alolan Pokemon. Now that yeah. I remember, uh, Alolan Executor is going to be yeah. um, one of the more popular Pokemon to find nowadays leading up to the Gen... Was it the Gen 7 Alolan Pokemon, or was it just the Gen 6? Um, I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember. But either way, there's new Pokemon added to Pokemon Go. Pokemon Unite has uh, new playable Pokemon uh, available. Is it Duraludon? Uh, Was Duraludon the one they were Yeah, Duraludon was one of the ones they teased. Uh, Those will be uh, put into the game over the next few months. Uh, When I first got my Nintendo Switch, Pokemon Unite was the first game that I played hours on end. And I I don't know how you feel about the game, Kofi, but I just felt like the game was just too easy. Um, um, I barely played it. I was never really a MOBA guy, so I really only played like a hand. I played through the, tut- the yeah, tutorial and it, I played like three games. It's such a limited format that like it doesn't really feel like a MOBA. Yeah. Um, so I I have played anywhere between 30 to 40 ranked matches. I have not lost a match. I have been the MVP 75% of the time through those games. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, just just because of that, I felt like it was way too easy. Mm-hmm. And the lack of Pokemon available to play as in that game really turned me off to it. Mm-hmm. So like, I was having a real fun time when I was going through the early ranked matches, just like, oh, wow. I was the MVP and I had like a KD of like 15 and one. Um, Maybe that's not really worth it (laughs) when I get like 40 games through and I'm just like, I'm still doing the same thing and I'm playing with different Pokemon and people don't really seem to have any kind of uh, preference to the play types that they initially loaded out for some of these Pokemon. Mm -hmm. I I just feel like they need to incorporate a lot more playable Pokemon in that game to have 
a um to have more of a player base and more of an impact as to how games are played. Yep. Because I think at this point there's only like twenty something Pokemon that you can play as. And that's including the evolution for yep. the starter the starter Pokemon that you um end up having at the beginning of the game or each round. So I haven't played Unite in a little while now because of that, because I was just kind of turned off by the lack of uh, versatility mm-hmm. and just the ease of the game. But I mean, I, I read a few Twitter threads. I read a few Reddit forums where people were saying the game was super difficult because people just kept steamrolling them. I guess I'm one of those uh, one of those aggressors, but I don't know the age difference. Like maybe these are 10 year olds playing against grown men like us. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah hope, hopefully they continue to like build on this game and it can become like a real mobile competitor like i know poken tournament when they did their fighting game um had a decent amount of following it even got a pretty cool sequel so hopefully they can turn this into that and make it some sort of mainstay and i don't want to say mainstay in the mobile community but at least like a respectable title among like your league of legends your dotas your heroes of the storm uh your smites things like that just give um another option for people that are big fans of mobas because i know a yeah, lot of mobas I... a lot of mobas failed in there when we were in high school in the early 2010s they're trying to pump them out and a lot of them did not make it very far yeah i mean i i know at least in terms of the uh, nintendo switch and on the mobile platform it's still one of the more popular ones Mm. but it only gets you so far because you can have you know x amount of millions of downloads for the game but when it comes down to it if you're losing player base month over month which it seems like pokemon unite has had that issue it's it's really an aspect to just add more into the game so you can have more versatility and more variability in, mm-hmm. in the things that you want to play. Yeah. Like League, League of Legends experienced that after the first few years that it was out, and then they added new champion. Yeah, and but they, the microtransactions help fund that kind of stuff. I don't know. Yeah, if Pokemon yeah, Unite United, brings I don't, as much I don't money. think that they have that. They don't have that all too much. I mean, yeah. granted, I'm not going to pay a dime. Yeah, they stuff don't because they don't have the money for that. Yeah. Either way, I I am hoping for more good stuff down the road for Unite because that that would mean I would get back into it and start playing again. Yeah. But um, moving on in the Pokemon Presents, um, they had this big teaser for something that's coming later in the year. Kofi had mentioned it. It was Generation Nine. Um. So did you did you watch the entire Pokemon Presents when it came out that morning? She did. I watched it live. Yeah, I watched it live as well. So when they set it up with that security guard just looking around stuff, I honestly thought it was a teaser for uh, for Detective Pikachu 2. Me too. I think they did that um, on purpose. But I guess it's like some detect or some police officer, like the security guard for the Game Freak offices, and like he stumbled into <laughs> like a, a Pokemon movie or something, and they just showed him everything about um, Gen 9. But yeah, I thought it was cool that we got that reveal. Um, like I said, I'm a little disappointed it's coming so soon because I feel like it takes away some of the steam from Arceus and just kind of puts like a real like shelf life on Arceus because I don't, not to be a hater, but I don't necessarily trust the Pokemon company to maintain two games at the same time or Game Freak to maintain two games at the same time. It's really what they didn't have. Like their business model historically has never been like that. It's always yeah. moving on to the next game and just taking it from there. I mean, exactly. granted, with the Nintendo Switch and having downloadable games for the same title versus a physical cartridge, mm-hmm. makes it a little bit different now. 
Yeah. But when we were playing Game Boy growing up, it was just like, okay, yeah, we're playing gold and silver. And oh, Generation 3 is coming out. We need to go get the uh we need to go get the Game Boy Advance. We need to go get the Game Boy SP in order to play those yeah, instead yeah. of uh instead of just the the regular Game Boy color. Yeah. Um so I think just with the constant evolution of handheld gaming systems back then, mm-hmm. it was easier for them just to move on to the next thing. Um, especially when you had the Nintendo DS with the dual compatibility, you could play Game Boy games and DS games. Mm-hmm. They would still always move on to the next thing, um, like after a couple of years. Yeah. So we had Gen 4 for a couple of years and then they moved on to Gen 5. And since that was a, a DS only platform, people were fine with that because it was just moving on from one game to the next, just like we had uh, previously. Like, we yeah, there's no, from... there's no expectation of continuous updates. Yeah, exactly. With, the, with those cartridges, you had no choice. Yeah. You could either play the same game and be limited, or you could buy the new game and experience all these wonderful new Wi-Fi interactions and transactions with like the mm. global trade center battling people online what have you and then you get to a console like the switch where everything's downloadable everything can also be a physical cartridge and it it does give a certain aspect of um uncertainty as to how Mm. this is gonna go yeah um but before we get into the generation nine stuff i just wanted to throw this out here like i was um i was talking to my girlfriend the other day and she's just like how are you guys still recording stuff on your Pokemon podcast? Like, is there really that much news that gets dropped every now and again? And I just tell her like, oh yeah, no, maybe, maybe there isn't, but you don't pay attention to it. So you wouldn't yeah. know because every time I record and you're in the room, all you hear is me saying Pokemon, 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 Pokemon. It's like the Peanuts character is the adults. <laughs> yep. And then Kofi, in return, would say Pokemon, 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 Pokemon. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but um, everybody who's listening to this podcast knows that's not the case. Yes, the stuff happens. We got some yep. stuff happening every now and again. There's always something to talk about in this uh, in this hobby. Yep. So uh, moving into this, you know, big reveal. Pokemon, 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 Pokemon. <laughs> Generation 9, Pokemon Scarlet and... Was it Violet? Yep, Violet. Yep, Scarlet and Violet. First time we're getting um, colors in a long time, pretty much since uh, Black and White. Yep, and let me say right now, solamente en español, por favor. Yeah. This because game... it does seem like this region is focusing on uh, Spain or other Latin American countries. Um, from what I've heard, people doing analysis, it's definitely um, the whole Iberian Peninsula, so Spain and uh, Portugal as well. Yep. So it looks like it's going to be covered both of them and kind of merge their cultures together and kind of do a good job representing both of them, which is pretty cool. Um, and then we have your starters. So we have uh, Sprigatito, which is a little green cat in Spanish. Sprigatito. Sprigatito. We have Fuecoco. It was just like fire Fue cocoa it goes. And then yeah. we have Quaxley, pretty simple name, <laughs> given the yep. others. Uh, we have those here, Grass, Fire, and Water Starters, respectively. Um, and so far, we do know that for their final evolutions, it's going to be Grass Psychic, Fire Rock, and Water Steel. Um, I do know that Quaxley is supposed to be 
um, inspired by some Spanish um, explorers. So that's why it's water steel, and he has a little hat. looks like an explorer's hat. Um, yep, Coco is like going to be like a crocodile. Yeah, for uh, for Quaxley, it looks like one of the evolutions. I think the mid-tier evolution, uh, the stage one, got leaked. And it looks like the uh, the little hat on top of him turns more into a commander's hat as it evolves. Oh, nice. So um, definitely speaking to the naval aspect and prowess of the um, of Spain and Portugal uh, during the colonization era. That's pretty awesome. Um, which, yeah, I think that's kind of cool. But um, a little little nice uh, tidbit here for uh, for the grass psychic type, uh, gatito. Uh, mm. Gatito means kitten in Spanish because it translates to little cat. Mm, I don't nice. know what the what the S P R I the spree means, mm-hmm. but I'm sure that'll be revealed with the other evolutions that get uh, thrown out there. But I think Grass Psychic is a really cool combo because mm. we haven't seen that before. Uh, Fue Coco just kind of looks a little too derpy for my taste. Yeah, it seems like a knockoff Totodile. Um, yeah, he's he's a little special. Yeah. But um, I think Grass Psychic is really cool. Water Steel. We've seen that before with Empoleon, have we not? Yes, that is Empoleon's typing. And then the, the fire type was, what, what did you say it was? Um, fire Rock. Fire Rock. Okay, so that's, that's actually unique. We haven't had that before for a fire type starter. Yeah, not for the starter. Uh, Camerupt has the, is the same thing. Yeah, um, but... He's he's not a, a two stage evolution type, you know. Yeah. Um. So I, I think there's definitely some. Uh, what's the right word? Apprehension towards mm-hmm. this quick release to Generation Nine. Yeah. I feel like uh, definitely Sword and Shield has been around for what three four years now. Mm-hmm. And that's been okay, just because we've had so many other things like Pokemon Legends Arceus coming out. Um, but with them putting Gen 9 out all of a sudden, a lot of people on social media platforms have been saying like, oh, if this Pokemon prevents, uh, presents uh, reveals Generation 9, they're jumping the gun. Like, they're not ready for this. Like, there's way too many Pokemon already. They've lost their creativity. Um and I, I tend to slightly agree with them here because I don't know what more they can bring to the table with a brand new generation and brand new Pokemon. Mm. Yeah, I think they're... Um, I like that they're doing regional forms now instead of creating new Pokemon and kind of iterating on previous one, just kind of showing how they are in different regions. So I think that is going to kind of lead to uh, less freak or smaller DEXs coming into new games so I'll have, to, I'll have to kind of check and compare with this game specifically to kind of see how many new Pokemon there are and how many are regional variants. So that, that'll be a cool thing to analyze. Yeah, I mean, definitely more to come on this just because it was just announced a few days ago. And we're going to see a lot more news about what's going to be in these games leading up to the release. Yeah. But, um, I mean, granted, leaks have been a lot more... Um, relevant in the discussion nowadays than they had been in the past just because mm. social media is uh just a prolific platform for viral news um but just with these three starters alone um which one do you like the most I, if i do buy this game i'm probably going to be going with quaxley 
See, I'm thinking Quaxley or Sprigatito because I think the grass psychic variability is really cool. That is pretty awesome. Um, I mean, psychic has been super effective against grass. Yeah. Or sorry, super effective against bug, but um, bug and grass tend to be muddled in these mm-hmm. games. If they come out with a new bug Pokemon for like the first few stages of the game, I swear to God, we don't need more worms. <laughs> we don't need more mods. We don't. That's kind of how it goes, though. You got the they have you have to have your regional bird. You got to have your regional moth butterfly. You got to have your regional dog, uh, two evolution dog. Um, you got to yeah. have all that stuff. You got to hit all your. You got to hit all your uh, marks. All the same old song and dance. Yeah, they need to do better though. I feel like they've. Yeah. I feel like through the last like four generations that have been brought out for Pokemon, they've mm-hmm. just really lacked in creativity. Yeah, they haven't really expanded on the real diversity that planet Earth has. Mm-hmm. Like maybe maybe these Game Freak developers just really need to watch like a, a season or two of Planet Earth narrated by David Attenborough, <laughs> and then they'll find some real inspiration. I don't know where they're getting it from. At this point, because um, it it seems like with every new generation that comes out, like people obviously play the games, young, younger generations, younger kids love playing Pokemon regardless. So that's where their money comes from. Mm -hmm. But um, it it just seems like for the the old schoolers like us that have been around since generation one, it, it just kind of loses its its luster. It loses its appeal. Yeah. As they come through with these brand new Pokemon that don't seem to fit in with all the success they had in the past. Yeah. That's um, that's really just one person's opinion though. No, I agree. Um, It just kind of, like we were saying before, it just seems kind of rushed and I hope that they don't take out features and hope they add some real features. I hope we get the battling. I hope they keep a lot of the stuff that's in RCS. Like I don't want to see this game not have the, um ev system that rcs has has i don't i want i don't want to see it get rid of the move changing system or the evolution system where you can kind of delay it till you're ready and change moves whenever you want on the fly i want to see all those quality of life stuff in rcs into this game because if they're not this can be kind of disappointing do you think that um here's here's a theory that i'm just coming up with now Mm. Uh, since they're focusing on you know the iberian peninsula they're focusing on these cultures that have been very big about global expansion exploration over the years at least historically Mm -hmm. do you think we're going to have incorporations of other um other regions other generations that we can travel to in this game uh that'd be pretty cool Uh, i'm not too sure though have you never really been able to leave the region right in the previous games well, aside from the the Kanto Johto crossovers, yeah. Besides for Gen two, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know because people are saying that this is like Iberian Peninsula is right by France, and one of the generations is based on France. I can't remember exactly which one. Yeah, so that'd be that pretty cool was, if you can um, go um, go in between them. That was oh my God. Was that X Y or was that Diamond Pearl? I think it was. Let me check. Pokemon French region. Uh, Kalos. X and Y. Okay. Yep, so X Gen 6, not yep. black and white. Yeah. Um, yep. So yeah, I, I mean, I feel like having that crossover uh, potential is pretty big. Mm-hmm. Especially if Pokemon's looking to, you know, combine everything that they've worked on in the past into this thing. Uh, just Just wait until they go to the Pokemon Americas. Yeah, it's gonna be really crazy. <laughs> I think one of the games is based on um 
America. I can't remember though. Um, one of them is based on something, but I don't know. We'll, have to, we'll have to double check that on another before another episode. We'll we'll get back to you on that one. So I was talking about that with my roommate, and he was mentioning that one of them might be based on America, but we couldn't figure out which one or could not remember which one. Okay, I'm picking up an article right now. Uh, Pokemon relation in relation to the real world. Um, let's see. Unova and Alola are based on parts of the United States, but Alola is more focused on the Pacific Islands, like Hawaii, Guam. Yeah, that's more Polynesian. Um, Kalos based on France. Galar based in the United Kingdom. Generation eight. Mm-hmm. Um, first four regions are based on smaller regions in Japan. Oh, Unova. Unova is based on American states, Virginia, New York, and Pennsylvania. Yep. Yep, it's Gen 5. Very interesting there. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I did not know that. I I played through a little bit of um, uh, Black 2 on my um, emulator on my phone, but that'd be pretty cool. Um, whenever they remake those, they remake those for the Switch, I'll probably play it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. I'm just really hoping for more crossover between regions in the games that they announce. Yeah, give just me 16 it, gyms. It, yeah, it's it's tough to have them like just so isolated when everything's supposed to be interconnected. Yeah, and you know all these Pokemon trainers are traversing the globe to become better Pokemon trainers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I agree with you. Yeah, but you know we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, I have high hopes for Generation Nine but I do have my reservations because they have been let downs in the past. Yep. That was me with Arceus. And luckily my expectations were exceeded, which is cool. So we've got to keep your expectation in check and you'll have a better time that way. But to uh, continue this conversation, anybody who's listening in right now, um, please feel free to give us feedback on our Twitter at amazing rare pod or on Instagram at amazing rare podcast. We would love to continue, continue this conversation, have more, uh, feedback from the community about what you think about these uh, new announcements and how Pokemon is going to progress in the year 2022. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Uh, so I think that covers all of our actual Pokemon news at this point in this episode. Yeah. So we can kind of slide right into our Metronome Minute. And one of the first topics I had was we got the new Batman movie this weekend. I'm actually going to go see it tomorrow night. Yeah, actually... Um, uh, my my girlfriend and I were we're thinking about going to go see that tomorrow night because we have a we have a night where we have no plans tomorrow. We're thinking about what we want to do. Maybe dinner in a movie. Maybe just dinner in a bar. We we don't know. Yeah, um, yeah. So we we were looking into like movies that are out right now, and I had mentioned like, oh yeah, Jackass Forever is still out, and she goes, no, I'm not seeing that. Movie. No, <laughs> <laughs> instantly, instantly, instantly shut down. Instantly shut down. <laughs> yeah. But I mentioned the the Batman movie. She was a, a fan enough of the Twilight movies, so she's like, okay, yeah, maybe I would go see Robert Pattinson as the Batman. Oh, and cool. Yeah, so that's that's an option that's on the table. I mean, hopefully I'll go and see it around the same time that you do so we can talk about it. Otherwise, exactly. it's just going to be my uh, Spider-Man No Way Home uh, scenario where I just need to look for an HD cam rip on the, uh, the high seas <laughs> of the internet, and then yep. I can see it firsthand there mm-hmm. um easy as abc time, yeah time will tell yeah at least she doesn't want to go see that channing tatum movie with the dog so oh that movie um, looks bad so does the channing tatum movie with sandra bullock that movie looks awful what movie is that it's like sandra bullock's like a romance writer and she writes like um adventure romance novels about like this adventurer and they're trying to find this thing called the lost city 
And Daniel Radcliffe plays a billionaire, and it turns out the Lost City is real, and, she, and he kidnaps her to help him find it, and Channing Tatum has to find her. Oh, so Sandra Bullock got tired of playing a role in lackluster romance movies that she needed to be kidnapped in order to make it interesting. Got mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah, she's like a lonely writer, and then uh, it just the trailer just seemed like it gave away the whole plot. It was like, all right, I've, I know what this movie's about. To be honest, I've never been a big fan of Sandra Bullock. I think um, she's overrated. I like Bird Box a lot. I also like um, Bird Box was all right. I mean, the kind of like the Blind Side. Too. Yeah, kind of yeah, like the Blind Side was a good movie. I never saw that space one she did with, that with George Clooney. I never saw. Oh, that one. Gravity. Yeah, I never saw that. No, nah, you can you can skip that. All right. They all right. um they don't pay attention to the laws of physics in that movie. The the uh, Melissa the Melissa McCarthy one the Heat they did was kind of fun. Mm. The one with the two female cops. I know she plays a um, what do you call it. Um, a cop, and then Melissa McCarthy's like she's to like hunt her down to like a bounty hunter. Yeah, just like no, hijinks, I, hijinks and yeah. No, I heard about that. Uh, do you remember when we went to go see that uh, Melissa McCarthy movie in theaters together because nothing else is playing? What was that name? What was the name of that movie? Tammy. Oh my god! Yeah, we did see that together. <laughs> I completely, I completely blocked that in my memory. Is that one of those times we were in like high school or early college where you just go to movies on like Wednesday night? <laughs> Yep, because we had nothing we better like, to do. We would be like one of five people in the th- in the theater. Yeah. Like, Yo, we used to go sure, to the last showing on a weekday. Yeah, we were we were the only two people in that theater, and there were like three uh, grown people behind us, like people yep. in their mid fifties, and they were obviously just plastered. Yeah, just laughing every ten seconds throughout the movie, and we're just like, "Wow, we did not prepare for this." Yep, uh, that's what it was like <laughs> being uh before you turned twenty one in a small town. All you could do was go see obscure movies during the week. Yep, and the then luckily when we turned twenty one in our hometown movie theater, there was a liquor store that opened up in the same place as the exactly. movie theater. That made uh, it a little so more that, fun. That made for some great time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of um abusing substances, Holt, you've been watching Euphoria recently. I'm curious to hear some of your um would you give your brief thoughts for the audience? Yeah, so I am I am almost through season two of Euphoria, thanks to um, one of my brothers that listens into the podcast. He heard a couple episodes ago that I didn't have HBO Max, and he offered to uh, to share his account with me. So thank you so much. Mm. Uh, and yeah, uh, my girlfriend and I were we're pretty much through all of season two. I think we have one or two episodes left, and we're going to be watching it later tonight. Um, what a dark show! Yeah, it's super dark. That's kind of why I like it. Yeah, I, I feel like they could have really set this in college based on all the nudity and the uh, the graphic adult level content that's being shown. Especially yeah. when they're, you know, they're, they're supposed to be basing this out of high school and everybody's naked every five minutes. Like, yeah. the actors are over 18. You could have had this in a college setting in a college town and mm-hmm. the story would have been completely fine. Yeah, no, that's kind of like a Just, big um, complaint. I think I think the um, the creator, I think he used to be an addict or is an addict. And this is kind of like loosely based on his experience during high school. And this is this is like based in the L.A. area, too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, obviously that's a completely different animal from what we're used to in the Northeast. So I mm-hmm. just need to take the, the story's narrative uh, for its yeah. word there, because I can only imagine California knows how to party. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it's been a it's been a very interesting watch. I mean, there's definitely some comedic bits, but it gets very real very quick, just like yeah. on the turn of a dime. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it, it's it's been interesting. Like it also gives uh, a sense of introspection with all the episodes that come through. It's just like, oh wow, yeah, 
I've been in a situation like this before, but definitely not to this extent. See, that's um, kind of like the thing I've talked about with the show. Like people say it's like outrageous, but there's o- there's always one part of the show that someone can relate to. And the problem is when you jam in all those relatable moments for individual people, it makes the show seem unrealistic because nobody went through all of that. But everybody mm-hmm. went through some of it. So you can you know, everyone can pick out one thing. They's like, oh, everyone's been like, I don't know, drinking when they shouldn't have or um, been drunk in high school doing something they probably shouldn't have. Anyone who had some sort of bad boyfriend or saw someone that was in a bad relationship. Um, everyone's had big fights with their parents. Everyone's oh. had that one friend that had like abusive parents. They needed to get yeah. away from the house. Everyone's hey, everyone drunk, can drunk in high school. Don't don't get too ahead of yourself. I was a good kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Everyone was. Well, yeah, like every like bits and pieces of it are relatable, but mushed all together, it seems like unrelatable. But you just got to take a step back and be like, all right, this is it has to appeal to everyone. So every, everyone can take something away from this show. Yeah, there's every, definitely everyone a that lot grew up of, in the 2010s. Yeah, definitely a lot of relatable lessons throughout yeah. that show. But um, just in terms of the absurdity of some of the family storylines, like obviously you're not going to fully relate. And fortunately, um, for, for the majority of the viewers, you don't associate with that completely because it's completely outrageous. Yeah, um, exactly. For anybody who's listening that does completely identify with with what's going on in the show, mm-hmm. I am sorry. Yeah, if you I went am, through all that, that's, that's some tough stuff. Good luck. Yeah, but like no one's no one can truly relate to being like a struggling, half recovering addict who's also dating a, a transgender girl who's trying to find herself who also um, lives in a swing. Not swing. Lives in Los Angeles. I don't really think anyone in the show is super rich. They're kind of just like Los Angeles average. Um, is what it kind of comes out to be, but like no one, no one hits, no one checks all three of those boxes. Yeah, and if you I do, mean, LA, LA average you. at the end of the day, I'm pretty sure is well above the median cost of living for the nation. Yeah, it's still, but, it's still, um, it's still upper middle class. Most people, still, the median yeah, cost, like, cost of living for the nation is very low, relatively. Even speaking. even with that one scenario, I mean, it goes to show like how progressive and mm-hmm. topical all of this is to the modern day. Yeah, as opposed to like all of your other high school based shows like Riverdale where it's like mm-hmm. essentially set in the 90s. Yeah. Even though you have modern technology like all the problems are pretty much 90s sitcom based with a darker mm-hmm. tone. Yeah. Um so yeah, that's that's definitely refreshing seeing how it's um really set in the modern day with modern problems, uh modern stigmas, all yeah. of that. Mm-hmm. Um so no, I, like I really appreciate the show for that. I think it's very good in that regard. Yeah. Um at the same time the music selection in that show is fantastic. Oh my god, yeah, the music, the score is amazing. The the filming is awesome too. There's so many good shots in there. It was just like the camera just lingers somewhere. You're like, wow, that was beautiful. Yeah, a lot of good cinematography, a lot of good music because they go from like classic jazz from like the 1940s and 50s all the way to modern music. Yeah, and just they they touch upon everything in between. Like maybe for the 80s cutscenes that they have in that show. They touch a little bit too much on INXS because I think they they could um, do a little bit more to represent that era because there was a lot of good music from the eighties. But oh, the stuff that's what, Cal. That's, that's what Nate's dad is into. So yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> good old good old Cal J. I like that episode. It really fleshed out his character. It made him feel like less of a deviant. It did because it, it gave you context to the whole familial conflict mm-hmm. and that whole that whole battle between Nate and his dad in terms of superiority. Yeah. And like 
obviously, yeah, when when the show starts off, you're just like, wow, this guy's a real weirdo. Yeah. And then it all comes into perspective. Yeah. So I think that that fleshed out explanation really gives more perspective to the show where like, you know, everybody's fighting their demons, mm-hmm. whether it be in the moment or over the course of 20 years. Yeah, exactly. Um, Everyone's got something going on. That's kind of the moral. That's kind of the, the moral of the show. Everyone's got something. Yeah. So I, I really do appreciate the show for that. And I am very interested to see how season two ends. Yeah. Um, we did have one more mention a minute about my Gmail issues, but we're kind of running a little long here. So uh, we can cut that out, probably put it into the next episode if I ever get it figured out or do some more research on it. Yeah, I mean, if you don't have a solution by the time we record the next episode, I feel like all of our tech-savvy friends have done you a disservice. So, yeah, I'll figure something out. I'll figure something yeah, out. We, we can still touch it. on it just because we teased it now, but um, yeah. I think so, that... Yeah. No, go, go ahead. Or you, no, or well, I'll just give like a quick like two minutes. And essentially, like I'm one of the few people that still use a Yahoo email address, even though I do work in IT. I've used a Yahoo email address since I was like, oh, I don't know, like 14, maybe 15. I've had the same Yahoo email address. And I have I've had my Google account since like you could first make a Google account with like Google Chrome. And the issue is my Google account email is not very professional. So I can't 100 percent, 100 percent switch over to it. But like many people, my Google account's tied to my YouTube, my Android phone, a lot of different stuff. So I don't, I can't change the email address. I don't want to make a second Google account because then I'll just have two fragmented Google accounts. So I've been using the Yahoo one. And Yahoo has just been getting kind of like worse and worse and worse. And they're just not a good email provider. So I'm trying to figure out a way to either change my Gmail address or merge it with a new one and have everything just work seamlessly. So I only have one singular Gmail, but I'll, I'll look into it more. If anyone has a real solution, um, tweet at the podcast so I can check it out. But um, yeah, it's just a weird first world problem I'm going through. That's not really, it's not as, it's not a big issue, but it's just a major inconvenience. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely a time consuming one if you are looking for alternatives at the moment. Yeah, exactly. But you know, you'll get through it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I had to change my phone number um, at some point last year, just before we started up the podcast. So that was a pain in the ass just yeah. in terms of... Uh, getting all of my accounts linked to my new phone number, making sure my two-factor authentication wasn't going to lock me out. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's, um, that's hard. Yeah. So, I mean, email alone, that's that's going to be tough, if not tougher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, other than our first real problems, it's pretty much uh, the end of the podcast right there. Yeah. No, that, uh, that wraps up a lot of uh, non-Pokemon talk, along with a lot of Pokemon talk. Exactly. So Jam-packed I episode. Yeah, I hope that everybody listening in, uh, either being a repeat listener or a first-time listener, hope you enjoyed the content. Uh, please give us feedback on our Twitter or Instagram. Twitter is at AmazingRarePod, Instagram at AmazingRarePodcast. We also have a Gmail line at AmazingRarePodcast if you want to email us, especially if you want to talk about Kofi's email problems. Yeah, please uh, So, <laughs> um, yeah, with that, I think that concludes our 21st episode. All right, so thank you everyone for tuning in and have an amazing day.